Hello everyone, we are on the second part of the interview with Matthew from Sant. Uh, in, in this chapter we are going to speak about the WIP meetup and speak more about art because I think it's a big topic. Uh, hey Matt. Everybody, happy to be back on Virtual State. Thanks for having me back, Yoni. Well, sure. Thanks for being here. So, uh, uh, let's let's get uh, right into it. So, what is the WIP meetup? I think it's the it's the virtual meetup with the with the most amount of, of guests and the most consistent until now. I saw that you did like uh, three or four uh, of those already. So, can you tell us about where the idea came from and uh, what you did so far and what's the plan with that? Sure. So the, whip, the weekly WIP meetup in CryptoVoxels uh, stands for just work in progress meetup. Essentially, I want to invite a bunch of friends in crypto, uh, a lot of folks from crypto art, but also people that are uh, doing a lot of stuff in the NFT land, um, like, uh, having their own minting platform uh, or just side hustle in the space. I want to bring them to a single event in CryptoVoxels, have them give a, a nice short and sweet update to the folks that come and attend the event and just kind of like bring people together in this time of COVID. Uh, as you know, like people aren't able to socialize outside. Um, they need to keep their social and physical distances. So, I mean, we have a great place like CryptoVoxels. So, and I really wanted to kind of uh, spearhead this initiative together with uh, Rizzle uh, and our friends over at Token Smart to kind of build out this sort of virtual event uh, more and more. It, it's it's kind of a weird origin story. Before COVID broke out, uh, at least in the West, uh, back in the end of uh, December of 2019, on Scent, I just wanted to have like a little regular meetup with Scent users. And we had this really rudimentary global chat that was tucked into the bottom right corner of the old app. And it was just purely text-based. And I had uh, thrown a call out to the user base and say, hey, uh, Thursday, uh, 4, 4 a.m. my time, but I guess 12 p.m. Pacific, if anyone's around, hop into chat and we can have the little meetup. And very quickly, like we had about like 20 people join and it was just like way too many people for the chat. So at the time I was like, oh, let's head over to CryptoVoxels. Let's take the party over there. And actually everyone came to CryptoVoxels. And at the time we just used the chat box in the bottom left there. And it was a great time. So from, from January then after the new year and to February uh, and then into March, uh, each week I would just have a virtual meetup focused uh, entirely uh, on a text-based communication uh, format. So people would come, we would hang out in a parcel, and then we would just be tapping or typing on our keyboard to one another. When I partnered up with Rizzle and TokenSmart, uh, the decision was like, hey, uh, the in-world mic sort of works. Let's try to have a, a speak, speaker session. Let's see if we can make this something even bigger. We have a crowd. Let's give the crowd uh, something really to watch and enjoy and, and something that they can benefit from. Uh, and that kind of evolution uh, has taken us to where we're at today, where we have a nice little speaker series, where we have anywhere between five and eight guest speakers from crypto come and give their short, sweet work in progress updates. Amazing. And uh, and so every week there is a, 
it's like what's the format of this it's like a ted or more like a meetup or both so so i like to i think it's more like a meetup in the sense that there's definitely a social element here uh i i would not compare it to any like offline uh like speaker series or meetup just because uh, like our conference that has like 15 to 30 minute to 60 minute speaker sessions. This is something that is very, very short and sweet. Again, I, I, I like to use short and sweet over and over because like in a world where everyone is on like a million different tabs, if they choose to open a tab into CryptoVoxels during our work in progress meetup, uh, I really want to make sure that their attention is captivated for each speaker um, and they don't have to lose interest after a couple minutes. We have a juicy... Uh, work in progress that a speaker talks about like whether it's their own personal work or with the company that they're associated with so we would like to keep things very very snappy and very interesting and like I said like we just like to have a nice group of, of notable speakers sometimes we have a bunch of new folks that hop onto the virtual stage to share projects that a lot of people may not have heard about so we want to be a platform both for like bigger names but also up-and-comers who are doing very cool stuff in the space. Amazing. And uh, what, what are some examples for people that, uh, that uh, can visit? Um, examples of speakers that we've had? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, I'll just go through the list for this week. Uh, I think we'll be able to get this podcast out in time. Uh, we have a fire lineup this week. We have Josie, who's a crypto Whoa. artist. Yeah. Um, she's a repeat speaker, actually. She came when we first started talking. To, to use the microphones when it was very janky. Uh, but now she's coming back with our very, very sound engineered audio solution. So I'm excited for everyone to hear her this time. But we have Abby from MBA Top Shot, who's going to be coming to speak about that uh, blockchain-based game, which is associated with Dapper Labs. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, Crypto Paradox is coming. He's associated with this very interesting um, virtual event collective called the Hive Collective. Essentially, they have about 60 different uh, virtual spaces in CryptoVoxels, and they're, they're really focused on uh, recording these virtual events using video. So we have the audio, they want to add the video, and they want to kind of introduce themselves this week. We also have Metageist, who is a, a crypto artist, uh, a VR artist, and just an all-around cool guy. I'm sure you've seen him if you've been in CryptoVoxels. Miss Al Simpson, a notable crypto artist, is going to be speaking. Uh, and then Jimmy uh, from Avastars is going to be giving updates about Avastars this week. Um, so over the course of the WIP uh, speaker series, at least, we've had roughly about 40 speakers come through. Um, so it's wow. like a, a huge amount of people that are doing awesome stuff in crypto art and NFT land and then uh, around crypto. And we're looking to expand and bring more folks into the fold. So this is, this is a, 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 a great concept because even the name is like working progress is, is not something like like you know gigantic that um, have a lot of like uh, commitment into it. It's just like having fun together. Everything is work in progress anyway. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's very, very good. And the, and the main themes, I mean, in, in crypto is NFT. Like what's the, what's the motivation behind it? Uh, like, like you are looking to promote especially content creators or 
people around NFT or crypto in general, because crypto, you know, is a big world already. Like there is a lot of things in crypto. So what aspect of crypto you think you want to focus more than others? So, I mean, there's two parts to that. And like you mentioned, crypto is is huge now, uh, especially relative to where it was even a couple years ago. Um, so that we have, of course, the different blockchain factions like blockchain, Bitcoin versus Ethereum, plus the other shit coins. <laughs> and then we have within like Ethereum space, we have uh, like people that are in DeFi, people that are doing stuff with NFTs, people that are, are doing even more like esoteric things. One of the ambitions of the WIP meetup is to kind of bring everyone together, like as much as I can. Um, we're all doing really interesting things. I feel like if we're sharing uh, on a regular cadence some of these interesting initiatives, uh, like there's so much scope for collaboration between these different projects, between the different um, sectors awesome. of crypto. So that's like a huge motivating factor, bringing very smart people, very ambitious people uh, that are doing amazing things into the same space and letting them hear what one another is doing, uh, sharing what they're doing with an audience that is also full of like uh, future forward looking people to see what kind of like collabor collaboration stems from that. We've had several mm -hmm. instances where creators are coming and because they're sharing works in progress, they may need uh, feedback. They may need a, a partner. They may need someone to brainstorm something with. And then after the meetup, they're able to meet up with either another speaker or someone in the audience to, to actually become like a, a co-collaborator on some of their work. So I feel like that's awesome. But then the other part of what we're aiming for is to kind of build this out into a much broader platform. Um, like we're, we're able to focus on this every single week. Uh, I'm... I, as someone who is very habit-based, it's something that I like to do form strong habits and constantly kind of like double down and make sure that Habit things are the consistent. Best. <laughs> and it's cool to have this like very low-key informal meetup like you mentioned in the whip, but it would also be cool longer term to be able to turn like the speaker list that we've cultivated doing these weekly whips uh, into something much bigger, like a, a multi-day conference or something like that. Uh, throughout CryptoVoxels. So yeah. if we're able to continually build up the audience, which we have been, um, we've hit over 100 uh, total participants in our sessions. We want to hit over 100 concurrent attendees in this this next one with an uh, ambition of hitting 1,000 before not too long. Uh, but we like to marry the, the audience that we're able to or have able been able to attract with the speaker list that we've been able to build uh, to create like a really awesome in-world uh, conference platform awesome awesome this is um this is an amazing thing like uh, i was thinking yesterday like like what is the reason that some of the project that i was trying to do in the past succeeded and uh, some didn't and uh, i get into the conclusion that personal relationships is the most important factor in uh, anything uh, one is doing and uh, uh, and it doesn't matter like if the idea is good is it, like only if if the people you're, you're doing it with like um, you trust each other and you um, uh, complementary to, to, to each other so I think these meetups can create a lot of uh, relationship uh, a lot of new relationships and uh, enforce others and um, that's the best way to bring things to life like so I think a lot of things can come out of it. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, it's I'm really excited to see where our virtual event goes, but it's also really exciting to see all the other virtual events uh, within CryptoVoxels. Like I know Dow Records is starting a little pop-up series over the weekend with music. Um, like Cody, he had his get out to stay in massive uh, multi-day. That's more like on the scale of like a conference series almost. Um, but it was just really cool focused on crypto art. Um, wow, Super Rare had their... Yeah, I'm just sure. You, I, I think you were. There. I saw you. Uh, Super Rare had their second anniversary uh, over the weekend. But then Decentraland is doing cool things. Like they had the yeah. Queen Fest not too long ago. Um, Actually, it's royal thing, right? Yeah. And the, yeah, there's a, a uh, there's a Decentraland business conference that uh, DCL Blogger and a few others are throwing. I'm actually going to be a speaker there. Uh, it, yeah. It'll be my first speaking event in Decentraland. So I'm very curious to kind of kick the tires on that project and see how it compares to what we've been doing at, with the whip in crypto voxels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the other virtual world, like I also saw Jin is, is, uh, is doing something with nifties, right? Um, Oh, Jin. Yeah. 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 So uh, over the weekends, Jin uh, also, in, in addition to, uh, doing what he's doing with nifties. He has this um, metaverse makers mixer or M cubed, um, like semi frequent uh, virtual world field trip series that he's put on. So over the weekend, like uh, on Sunday, my time, we met up over in uh, Mosia hubs. We started off there and then the gang went over into uh, VR chat. Unfortunately, uh, my unity, uh, installation didn't go as smoothly as I anticipated. So I wasn't able to make it into VR chat. Uh, but the Mozilla Hubs uh, presentation session was pretty cool. Um, there were some really awesome presentations that we heard. And it was just cool to kind of kick the tires again on that project and see what it's like in that space. Because all these different uh, virtual reality pro- projects, whether they're blockchain based or not, all have these certain attributes and um, really strong points that I think other projects are able to learn from. So like our, our meetup, the whip is sort of like indicative of this whole space. Everything is a work in progress as I see it uh, in VR and and blockchain as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is brilliant. Uh, But the, the, the only thing I I will say is that somehow we need to do it more uh, reachable. Like, uh, um, I mean, even, even I don't don't know uh, uh, always about all the all the events. So um, I think somehow maybe maybe to put like a pinned message on with all of the events on some of the Discord channels, so people will 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 be aware of the of what what is happening this week. Um, yeah, but even I I have a group in Telegram called the Open Metaverse. Uh, I can uh, put th- there as well, like the um, in- the invitation to 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 whip. There is like fifty or sixty uh, people with with projects there. So yeah, maybe it can bring more people. Oh, that'd be awesome. And, and yeah, I mean that's like a huge point of friction, I think, for most people, like f- identifying when and where a virtual event is going to happen. They're spread out and fragmented through all the different Discord servers, Telegram chats. I know Decentraland has their own calendar system. CryptoVoxels has their own kind of like very bare bones event uh, calendar. 
And then Pepo, the Pepo app, they're trying to put together a a list of like all the events that are happening in the the digital space. Like everyone is trying to do their own thing, but no solution has actually kind of presented itself as like the go-to source of virtual event information. Uh, and that is definitely something that needs to be solved in order for this to kind of work better. Until then, it's all just like guerrilla marketing over Twitter uh, throughout these Discord servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a... Yeah, yeah, which is okay. You know, this is a work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, cool, cool. So um, I will come see you on the the Decentraland event and uh, and obviously, uh, as usual, on uh, Thursday. And uh, let's speak about uh, virtual art for a bit. Very cool. Um, So... I think you have a very, very good perspective on uh, on uh, on on virtual art. Like, but uh, so, and one of the things that I that, that I see is that there is not enough of money into it. I mean, relatively to crypto, you know, there is a lot of of uh, of um, volume in uh, coins like uh, Ethereum or. Binance or EOS or Tether or uh, whatever, uh, um, and there is those huge economies, and I see crypto art as something that is much more innovative than that because it's basically enabling uh, to anyone to capture his uh, creativity, and uh, it's enabling to uh, to take creativity and uh, and uh, tokenize it. So, so the question. What what do you think should be added into this space so more money will be will be flowing in, in your opinion? Um, so there's one of the things that people not in crypto art always ask about right away up front is where can I display the crypto art if I buy it, right? Um, mm. A lot of people, because the prices are continuing to increase, especially for like super rare pieces or, or one of one uh, digital rare art pieces, like on sites like uh, Super Rare or Known Origin or Async Art or uh, Maker's Place. So if they're going to drop thousands of dollars on some of these works, they want to know where can I where can I uh, display it? I don't want to just hold it on my phone. <laughs> and well, of course, like. You and I were very familiar with like these blockchain-based virtual reality worlds, which CryptoVoxels in particular has uh, presented itself as a really great solution, in my personal opinion, yeah, of a yeah. place to to uh, sure. hang okay. and display and showcase all of these works. But for someone not in crypto, like that's not a good answer. They're like, oh, I have to get into VR to get into uh virtual or digital crypto art? (laughs) That's not a good answer. So there are some solutions. There's about five or six that I've cataloged. uh, Really? Of these, yeah. Of these mounted wall displays for uh, crypto art. So there's like token cast. Uh, Of course, Samsung has their very high end display. Uh, There's a a couple others, uh, some more uh, jankier or hacked together than others. But the solutions are coming but there is definitely not a um, like a go-to yeah, solution that is at a price point for, for most people to kind of get into it. I feel like as those solutions uh, grow and people come into contact with the crypto art and the stories behind it, um, like the work, the, the actual artists themselves, who they are, uh, maybe like 
some people will be more interested in like the price paid for it and they'll see a work and they'll be like, someone paid $10,000 for that. That's amazing. Like what's going on over here? Um, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different vectors to kind of attract people, but I, I always like to preface any conversation on crypto art with this point, like in the, in the real world quote unquote, traditional art world, there's not a lot of people in it, right? There's some collectors, um, gallerists, there's the artists, but most people don't care about art in the real world. So obviously the the number of people initially coming from that world into crypto art is going to be like a small number relatively. But the really important thing with crypto art is that it can appeal to many more people because you can come into contact with it much easier. As if you have a screen, you can see crypto art. You don't need to go to a gallery. You don't need to go to a museum to come into contact with it anymore. You can see it like with the click of your button on the computer. So the more that people come across it and when people grok the fact that, oh, because of blockchain, we're able to have this like provably rare, um, this digital scarce work of digital art. And if they buy into that fact and, and see and understand how, how many other people have bought into that fact and, and believe that, that it's art and they, they believe that the artist who says it's art, says it's art, then we'll start to see, I think, numbers uh, dramatically exceed those that exist in the uh, traditional physical art world. Um, that's the trajectory, um, broadly. And then like technically, like, what this represents for art um, in that really, really high level is that this is a revolution <laughs> for creating art. Um, this is something that will fundamentally change everything. And like a lot of the middlemen that have... Um, t- tended to dominate the, the physical traditional art world, um, they're just going to be made obsolete or they're, uh, they will have to find different roles uh, within the crypto art space. Um, maybe they need to become more artist advocates um, and like uh, just actually add benefit to these creators as opposed to try to constrain the client network um, between the creator and the, and the collector side. And uh, what, and wh- where do you think the value of art come from? Like, I'm I'm thinking if it have like independent value or it needs to have a utility in order to have a value, such as um, uh, presenting it in a virtual world or something like that. Or you think it's just a, a act as a, a like a, as a focal point for people to agree on on the, the, that something have value and that's it. And if you and and if you'll have a good analytics and a good um, um, like personal uh, personal personal collection uh, showcase platforms and um, and maybe a way to fractionalize art, fractionalize collection, blah, blah blah. Like a lot of tools, this will be enough. Or you think the art should also have a utility in order to have value in the future? Uh, I definitely don't think utility is a must for the for crypto art to continually increase in value that's it's not a must uh, but it's a it's a feature of the fact that digital art is is being tokenized on blockchains right by that fact alone uh, all this work has this additional utility uh additional use cases right um so like starting with the the subjective value that uh, collectors are assigning this work uh, we've seen over the past like two and a half years that collectors are increasingly value valuing these works higher and higher. Um, I listened to a uh, show that Vesa, uh, another uh, artist who has come into the crypto art scene, 
was talking about oh, how a lot of this guy that uh, that uh, have a naked woman. <laughs> the naked woman made an appearance in that video. Yeah, that exact um, video. So he was talking about how like it's still so early days, and a lot of the works are just going for comparatively like lower sums, and it's just crazy uh, because there's such great opportunity and great work being created right now, uh, but still like a very small scale. Um, and I, that is just going to continue. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Um, like Jake Bruckman posted some stats the other day, like on super rare alone, there's about 50 to 75, uh, weekly active collectors making bids. Um, I know like, uh, there's another study done by hex six C, uh, an Italian scholar uh, slash, uh, crypto mm -hmm. artist, uh, who said that there is about 260 active um collectors in the space and it, it's this small numbers relative to anything else but the numbers that they're putting up are increasingly um higher and higher um, and they're they're really funneling significant sums to digital artists that um, may have not received money otherwise right uh, not everyone wants to be a traditional artist not everyone wants to fight to get in the gallery um, this is really democratizing the opportunity for people to come into contact and become artists in their own right. And then likewise for people to become collectors and help contribute to building out an amazing aspect, uh, an amazing culture uh, associated with crypto. Uh, and I know that again, like I, I mentioned Jake Bruckman, this is another point that him and I really agree on is that crypto artist is a beautiful on-ramp for non-technical individuals coming into crypto. Um, I mean, yes. you can be an artist and yes. if you see other artists in the space, yeah, why wouldn't you want to join? Um, there's just a couple of new tools that you need to add to your uh, repertoire to be able to make quote unquote crypto art or digital rare art. Um, <laughs> we can probably talk about like the naming conventions because I know that's another source of um, just confusion or at least just it's something that hasn't been uh, defined yet. But yeah, that's kind of my take on that. And and what do you think is the the... I mean the value, like like uh, when you are buying a, a, a art, like how do you assess if something is valuable or something is not? Um, because it, because in the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a file, right? So so how do you know if it's valuable, if it's scarce, if it's if it will have more demand in the future than it is now? So I mean, I'll just respond by putting on my collector hat and just using my own sort of heuristics for what I use to determine uh, whether to collect work or not, right? And I think there's probably like two categories that you can bucket um, the collected collection of digital rare art. You can have it be in the one bucket of like actually collecting, collecting to collect, like serious collector status. But then you can also have a bucket for wanting to support folks that are making cool stuff um, that yeah. may not be so much focused on really building out the, like the, the deepest collection, um, but collecting work of people that you really respect and you just want to fund. So these are two categories, but focusing on the, the collection of that collecting bucket first, I, I love to dig into the background of these artists. Uh, I, mm -hmm. If you know me at all, I have another podcast, um, the Sem podcast, where I have spotlight interviews with, um, up until now, uh, almost exclusively crypto artists. 
because I like to dig into their background as artists and creators, their process, um, like how they think about creating art and also like the collectors, um, how they think about that. And I, it's amazing to come across artists like Matt Cain uh, who really value their collectors. Um, one of the, the ways that really great art um, is able to accrue value is that there's like a natural scarcity, right? And, and there's some artists that really appreciate that natural scarcity and they know that, I mean, they, they have their own reasons for uh, keeping their work scarce. Um, and they're all very different. There's not like one uniform reason why some artists try to keep their work scarce and some don't. Um, but that's like a huge factor. So before buying, it's like, okay, well, how do they view their output and relative scarcity? Is that something that they consider? Even if they produce a lot, have they considered it? I just like people that consider and think through things a lot. And then it's like the process that goes into it. Um, I obviously some work is just technically amazing. Like I can't understand how people make some of the amazing work that they do. For example, yeah. Oshinachi, uh, who is a Nigerian artist who uses Microsoft word to create works it's of art. I have nuts. no nuts. idea. It's nuts. And, and looking at work like that, that is just, I mean, I have, I have to have an experience with a piece. I, and it could be blown away by the aesthetic. It could be, lot getting lost in the color it could be digging and unpacking like the layers and layers of meaning that i'm seeing in this uh, but i have to have an experience and after the experience i go into that more like analytical mode like oh who is this creator like trying to dig down into there and looking into their processes and how they view the collectors uh and 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 that sort of thing and then i go into like all the like super rare and i dig into the uh the creator uh, like statistics, like how much have they sold? Are they new? And that, like that also informs uh, like the valuation process before making a, a bid uh, or if there's like a fixed price uh, making that purchase. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree. And, um, and, and how do you see that? Like, I'm just afraid of, you know, inflation of, of artists and 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 not enough collectors um, I'm trying to think what can what stuff can bring more collectors but we definitely spoke about like uh, more, more more information more uh, basically cross platforms efforts right like uh, uh, um, something that bring information ac- across platforms and statistics something that 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 uh, um, that, 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 that enable you to showcase all, all your stuff in one place, something that connects like a retail investors that want to get the diversification. Yeah, this is su- super interesting. And, the, and then also the, uh, the utility is, is very interesting. I just spoke with uh, Joy yesterday and mm. this guy is super creative, super, super creative. And, yeah. and and speaking about like uh, uh, that in the future, uh, the joy like would have the functionality inside of his uh, world, and uh, it's very interesting what stuff you can do with this art, like if it can be used for something. Yeah, I mean, so just touching on some utility, there is amazing utility for the artists themselves in the sense of always being connected and knowing their their collectors right and with that 
forever connection thanks to the blockchain, right? Because the artist mints their work either with a uh, the smart contract that belongs to a marketplace or their own smart contract, and then someone buys the work that has been minted through there, there's that forever connection. And artists like Matt Cain have actually developed websites for these collectors. So they visit the website. Um, of course, they have to have their MetaMask extension or whatever associated Met with that browser. It doesn't have to be MetaMask, but it's just like a very common example. And they go into Matt Cain's website. And since they own a piece of Matt Cain's work, they have a specific page uh, that links and, and it is brought up because of the artwork that they're holding. And they get in they get access to exclusive experiences provided by Matt Cain related to the work that they've collected. And that is just cultivating a level of fandom outside of like the traditional collector artist relationship, I think. Uh, and that's just scratching the surface of what's possible now that the artists have this tight bond and relatively it's, it's easy to contact their collectors for the most part and reach out and get feedback and commissions and things like that. So that's like an amazing utility outside of like, what is possible amongst the collector side. Um, so like, for example, uh, I have a work of Cody, uh, who's, who's an amazing uh, crypto artist and artist in his own right. And we have, there's this exclusive group of people that also own Cody work. I would say less than 10. Yeah, less than 10, for sure. Especially for his crypto work, uh, his uh, physical work, uh, more people for sure will own it. But like 10 people in his digital work and we can all kind of like create this exclusive club that access is determined by holding a, a work of his in our wallet, digital wallet, right? And that's cool. Like, what can we do with that? Like, what can come from there? Like, what's that's, it's a silly, funny example. But again, like it's provisioned by this technology and it the technology adds this utility to these works of art, which is interesting. It's not just something that you place on a wall. It's a ticket. It's a club membership. It's a, um, yeah, it's a key to unlock special uh, goodies uh, on the internet. Super, super uh, fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, and Coldy is definitely one of the biggest. I think it's like the, you know, is like the, um, yeah, is, I, I think in in like one year, these artists that are now selling for five ETH will sell for like 40 or 50 at least. Yeah, that's what people are saying. And like artists like Trevor Jones, I, I think he came out of the gate and sold for around 50 ETH um, with his collaboration with a lot of money. So like the, the sums that people are bidding continually to go higher and the higher the numbers, the more the interest that comes into the space, the more interest, like uh, the more that those interested parties will convert to collectors and or uh, artists and the bigger the space will get. And it's just, again, like people are very serious about this. Whenever we have money associated with anything, people are quite serious, which <laughs> is, I mean, taking the conversation a little outside of crypto art, like we're talking about these virtual events. We're talking about um, like, like a site like Scent, which is uh, from all outside appearances, like a social network. But when you layer on the the money, the financial aspect, people become very serious. 
and they become respectful and very thoughtful and deep. And there's just a lot of value that's generated, I think, when money gets in, in, uh, involved in situations, not just the money itself. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited about the future of where crypto art's going. Um, and again, this is a, we some we talked about this at the end of our our first chat. But I'm cautioning anyone who's on the outside thinking, "Oh, should I start collecting crypto art?" To be very cautious <laughs> before you yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it it's a it's a very competitive um, space. There's not a lot of us, but it's very competitive. And when you get in your first bid war, it is really interesting. It's really fun, but. <laughs> it's a very slippery slope. Uh, the first piece you collect will not be your last. And now that we have like the projects that I mentioned, like Square, uh, Super Super Rare, Known Origin, Maker's Place, Async Art, um, we have uh, the equivalent of a bar to collect crypto art, multiple bars open 24-7, 365, forever and ever. <laughs> so be careful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, I also think like that, like, it's it's like crypto early days. It's have a lot of potential, but also you can lose all your money. So so need to be <laughs> careful. Totally, uh, buyer beware for sure, and do your own research. These tenets uh, absolutely hold uh, to collecting art, um, uh, crypto art. Yeah, amazing.